the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to feature a conversation I recently recorded with Tom Steenberg. Tom is the Richard S. Reynolds Professor of Business Administration, as well as the Senior Associate Dean for Faculty Development and Full-Time MBA Program here at the Darden School. And he and I recently sat down to talk a little bit more about his background, what brought him to Darden, uh, what he enjoys about his role as Senior Associate Dean, how he thinks about the curriculum here at the Darden School, some of the pre-matriculation activities he's helped incorporate over the past year, as well as his advice for prospective students considering an MBA, as well as prospective students who are seeking to learn more about Darden. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Tom Steenberg. Tom? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, great to have you on here. Um, We start all these conversations the same way. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about you. Who are you? What do you do here? And maybe what's your background? So I'm Tom Steenberg. I'm the Senior Associate Dean of Faculty Development. I'm also responsible for the full-time residential MBA program. Uh, here. I've had a, uh, a career where I've done a lot of things. I've been part of some great institutions. So I started uh, my professional life with um, a, a bunch of roles at Xerox as in ops, finance, and then in my last job, I was in incentive strategy. Um, we spent, let's say, I think a quarter of a billion dollars trying to pay sales reps um, and sales agents there. Um, incentive comp. <laughs> it was a great experience. If you ever want to find a hot button issue, talk about people's pay. Um, I learned a lot from that job. I learned how to defend strategy very well from that job. Um, around 30, I'd say, somewhere in that time frame, I realized like if I didn't leave, I actually love my work. I realized if I didn't leave Xerox, I'd never actually go back and become an academic. And I wanted to become an academic because my dad taught. Um, and then I started my academic life and it's really been a great journey. I've learned a lot, uh, from my job experience. I learned a lot that, that shaped my research and my research has helped me interact with practice. Um, so I've kind of like been part of both worlds. Uh, but I did a PhD at Yale and then I went and spent eight or nine years at Harvard. Um, and, and then I came to Darden, I think eight years ago now, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it gets murky. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what brought you to Darden? I've had the privilege of having this conversation with a few faculty members here on the podcast now, and I find all the answers really, really interesting. Yeah. When I left, I actually wasn't looking to move, um, at all, but I, I got recruited away, um, and I, I think the thing that really drew me here is it's a it's a beautiful place. Uh, it's a great community. Um, people really care a lot about about teaching here and learning here. Um, it's a very interactive uh, teaching environment. So it felt at home in some ways, uh, similar to Harvard. I think one of the differences is it's a little more intimate here. So we have smaller sections, and it's really nice, and you're able to build a, a community. Um, that's, that's special. And I, I think that, that was very attractive. Uh, that was very attractive to me at the, at the time. I couldn't be happier. 
The section uh, experience is interesting to me. I have learned a lot about the first year experience through these conversations and how each section functions as a, a source of identity, a, a community within the broader first year class. Uh, they all have their norms and they decorate the room. <laughs> we were just uh, we had a showcase this past weekend and we were sitting in Section A's room and they've clearly decorated for the holidays. Yeah. And it, it's fun to see that kind of spirit and enthusiasm. I mean, the first year is hard, but people still have fun. Yeah, I think that helps them get through it. Um, Get, get through the core is that you have an esprit de corps uh, for having this shared experience academically. And um, you see these cultures, uh, there are many cultures pop up in the sections and then you see them in the learning teams and, um, and, and in friends groups that people make. So it's really a nice, um, a nice way to get to know a lot of different people at the school and, and sort of learn about different cultures and, and, uh, and meet different types of people. So you now have a leadership role as well. Um, you're, you're the dean for the residential MBA program, as you noted. Um, what attracted you to this role? I love, I love to be with students. Um, I love to think about uh, curriculum and, and what it is that we're asking people to do. I also really like to think about um, how pieces fit together. So it's not about maximizing your course. It's about like, how can I contribute to something that's, that's bigger in terms of a learning experience here? Um, so I like the curriculum development side, but I also really love, uh, working with the students. I'm incredibly grateful for all the, uh, all the interesting ideas they have about how to make the place better. And I'm, you know, really appreciative of all the, the different work and, and, an effort that they put into improving the place. I, I think that's like one of the hallmarks of the experience here is that people really give back. Our students give back to the community. Our alumni give back to both our students and, and to the school. Um, it's a shared experience and it's, it's a real, um, it's a real pleasure to be part of that. We had a prospective student ask about how students have shaped our own thinking on the admissions committee, um, this past weekend. And, uh, I was struck by the fact when I came here that there were so so many opportunities for students to share their feedback, right? Uh, how's it going in your first year? You know, what can we do better? How can we improve? And that the administration, the faculty take that feedback very, very seriously. Um, I get to see it on the executive MBA side, certainly the case also on the full-time MBA side. Somebody has a good idea and energy around that idea. People are willing to, to make that happen. Yeah, I, I think we try to... Um, at least as, as I think of it, we, we try to encourage that in our students because that's what you're expected to do as a leader, right? I mean, later in your career, the types of people that I would want to hire on my team or have looked to hire on my team are people that are willing to put in individual effort to make a difference, you know, th- community-minded and try to make a, a positive difference in, in what goes on. Um, and so a lot of my job Actually, it's just blocking and tackling to enable things uh, to happen. I, I'll give you an example of that. We had a, a woman this last year who was really interested in uh, in developing a more systematic approach to community service um, in in some ways that maybe were overlooked in the past because there's a lot of it that happens at the school. And she organized uh, Darden Day of Caring. Um, Chloe was amazing. You know, she just put this all together uh, herself. Uh, I think uh, she had 150 first-year students participate right out of the gate. You know, not a lot of advertising about the event. Um, people participated right out of the gate. She threw a great party afterwards. 
Um, and I think to see that many students on very little notice sort of say, hey, yeah, I'd love to go out and uh, help a community garden or do some painting at a, um, at a, at a place for kids. Fantastic. You know, it's, I think that's really, uh, in, in many respects, I think that sort of event symbolizes what goes on here. You know, she had an idea and she brought it to fruition and people uh, pitched in to help. It's, it's really great. That's certainly the potential of this place, right? You think about all the sort of the general ethic here at the University of Virginia, the idea of student self-governance, the extent to which I think students really feel an ownership over what what happens here, at least extracurricularly. Um, and then think about uh, the fact that people care deeply about this experience, right? It's not just a transactional decision to get an MBA and sort of move on, that people even, as you note, uh, alumni care a lot and come back often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really amazing. Uh, I, one of the things that struck me, you'd ask me, like, you know, sort of my transition here about what's, what's different. One of the things that, that struck me, and I, I thought it was an, a little odd, actually, is the number of people that come back to uh, Charlottesville to live. And all of our friends, you know, a lot of, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of our friends are alum of Darden, of McIntyre, of the University of Virginia. People come back. And when I first came here, I was like, man, is this a cult? Like, what's, what's happened? Uh, just because of the volume was really amazing uh, for a small place. And then after you're here, you're like, oh, okay. So it's a nice place to be. So I can understand why people want to come back. Absolutely. And it doesn't hurt to have a football team that's playing an ACC <laughs> championship and uh, a basketball team that's uh, just a few months removed from winning a national championship. So uh, also probably part of the appeal. Uh, makes it great. Yeah. So um, our prospective students are always interested in the sort of sequencing of the academic experience, right? And you're someone who gets to spend a lot of time thinking about the two years um, here. Obviously, Darden has a core curriculum. There's electives that students take. Uh, we've talked with the current students a lot about specialization, concentration. We get this question a lot from prospective students. And I wondered, since you're here, it's a, such a great opportunity to ask you about how you see the two years fitting together and the progression that students make over the course of their time. Here. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It's actually something I spend a lot of time uh, thinking about. So, so let's just start with uh, the type of world that people are going into. So if you think of um, young people entering the job force, you know, one thing that you can expect uh, to happen is that there's going to be greater reliance on technology. There's going to be a lot of change. Uh, if you talk with companies, I, I do a lot of uh, public speaking about the role of commercialization and growth. And one thing they say always is that competition's much higher and the pace of change, given the, the pace of change in technology, is just fundamentally different than what it was 10 years ago. So, so what does that mean? Uh, if, if I were, you know, starting out my career now, one thing I'd want to help myself be comfortable with is like, how do I adjust to uncertainty and how do I make sense of a lot of information in a short period of time? And how do I, uh, develop myself broadly so that things do change? Um, I'm ready for it. Uh, the, the other, thing that I think about in developing people at this stage of career is that what you've done in the first, let's, let's say like six years of your career is four years of your career is fundamentally different than what you're going to do afterwards. 
Before, you're going to be focused on narrow technical information. And afterwards, you're going to be focused on managing people. And our alums come back all the time and say, geez, I wish I had more, spent more time, even more time, uh, developing some of the people skills while I was at Darden because I didn't realize that I'd be spending all this time selling or managing teams or managing people. And it's hard to, to do. Um, so, so what does that mean for the curriculum, those two sorts of factors. Well, one, our first year is to give you the basics and to give you an enterprise perspective on um, what managing a business is about. So really, your first year, we have 17 required courses, spans the the gamut of things, finance, marketing, um, ethics, leadership, uh, ops, Anyone I haven't mentioned is going to be annoyed with me, but we have we have the breadth of breadth of courses, um, and really in that first year, it's really to give you the breadth. And there may be some things that you're a subject matter expert in. Your role in that class is to help other people learn. Um, we teach by case method, which is the important thing is is less the case, and the and the real important thing is that it's student centric, and we help each other learn in that experience, and we develop breadth across these. Um, across these subjects because where you're going later in your career it's not enough to be an analyst and this gives you breath it helps you think about problems from a higher perspective in an organization and see things at it see problems in a different way than you've you've saw them before so that's the that's the generalization part Right. And and that's what I would describe as the top of the top of the T. If you have a T-shaped person, there's your breath. That's the top of the T. And then the other thing that you need to develop while you're here is something that separates you from other candidates. So that's subject subject matter expertise, perhaps. Um, some people go really deep in that. Some people less deep in that, depending on what they've done in their career, um, depending on where they where they want to go. But I do think some specialization matters, and we have lots of opportunities for that. So it could be specialization in uh, discipline, like finance. So there's a whole series of courses you could take if you want to be an investment banker and develop expertise in that that uh, particular discipline. It's probably a smart thing to do if you're going into investment banking. Um, if you're not sure where you want to go, like maybe there's a job in marketing or maybe there's a job in consulting or maybe there's a job in tech and you're trying to figure it out, even in your second year, it's, it's okay. Um, but there's probably something there that you can develop that you can own. So for instance, I might develop tech skills. I might want to develop an expertise in data analysis or um, big data. And we have a series of courses that you can take here to develop that expertise. And it's less, let's say, discipline or industry specific, but it's something that you can hang your hat on and separate yourself from other people, something you can be known for. Um, I think that's part of the experience of an MBA that's that's important. Um, I, I know when I was young, I sort of fought against uh, that, the idea of, of being known for anything. I thought, well, I, I don't want to choose, and I think I can be good at anything. And then as I got deeper in my career, I realized, oh, actually, it's really useful because it helps uh, me show I have some expertise that I can contribute that's very deep, and um, nobody else can Nobody else can do. There's, there's job security in that. There's uh, power in that, influence in that, let's say. 
And, um, and I can add something to the discussion. I don't have to work on everything. Uh, so you can't be all things to all people at every stage of your career. And I think at this stage, you know, early 30s is a, is, is a, is a place, or late 20s is a place to start thinking about that. Um, I don't think you really get pigeonholed in careers or, or more pigeonholed, let's say, until late 30s, early 40s. Um, but you should have something that you can really contribute. And, and I encourage students to think about what that might be, too. Some of the things that students have said is they almost backed into concentrations or specializations. Yeah. They chose classes that, that just seemed interesting to them. And next thing they knew, they they qualified for a, a concentration. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's interesting. I, yeah, I think that's part of the discovery process here. It's it's It works both ways, right? So if you find – you might find like, oh, that's really interesting. I, I hear this all the time from students like, I never considered marketing before. I, that's really interesting. So I'm going to find out more. And then they take – uh, you know, a series of classes with really interesting people we have here. And that's where they end up. And they didn't expect to to be there. So some people follow their passion that way. And other people come here and they realize, like, I thought I wanted to do, uh, let's say it's marketing. Uh, since I am a marketing professor, I'll pick on myself. Uh, I, I thought I wanted to do marketing. And I got here and realized that's not where my passion is. My passion's really in investment banking. And once I got here, I realized, like, that's what I love to do and and um, through that job search process, maybe they realize like, oh, I'm finding too many roadblocks, or I don't. When I talk about this stuff, I don't really believe in it. But when I talk about that other stuff, I really love it, and I run to that. Um, yeah, I, I think there's always pressure in a business school to to look around and see what other people are doing. Uh, the more independent minded you are, the more you follow your heart towards these things. I think the happier you become in terms of your your job later in life. That's great advice because uh, it's one of the struggles I think business school students often have. Uh, you come here, everything happens very, very quickly. There's a bunch of companies on, <laughs> on grounds. They want to talk to you. You maybe want to talk to them. Uh, your classmates, some really seem to have a definite focus. Others are still figuring out. It's hard to kind of not follow the herd. People feel pulled in a lot of different directions. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked to some students about how do you manage that? You know, run your own race is the thing that you hear time and time again. Do you ever offer students advice on how to navigate that at least, you know, those first few months where they're still trying to find their footing? Yeah, my my advice in, in general, I think, to people coming in is to be open to new possibilities and explore. I I, I think... Because it starts recruiting starts so early and the push over the years is to make it early and earlier, um, I think that's good for recruiters and not good for our students. Um, you know, th they try to one-up each other to get on campus as soon as possible, and that pushes the job search earlier in the year. And that's not the interest of the student. And, you know, the interest of the student is figuring out where do you fit in the world, where can you make a big contribution and leave a mark, um, and it would be better if we push that decision later. And we do try to, to keep recruiters off campus uh, early in the year so people can focus on things. And it's, it's, uh, it's hard to strike that balance. And, and I think, you know, my advice to, to any student would be hold off as long as you possibly can and, and recognize what an amazing opportunity this is. You know, like... Uh, when else in your life will you have this much choice, this much access to recruiters all over the map? 
in in places you've never seen. Take advantage of that and uh, and and do some exploration. I had the the good fortune to work on the admitted student blog this past year. And I was struck by how much thought went into the pre-matriculation activities that students had access to. And I know you were very much involved in those conversations and instrumental in, in some of that planning. And uh, I don't think many of our prospective students know about all that all yeah. that's out there. And um, I think it's such a great story for Darden because there's so much uh, that's put into place to help students navigate um the, the first few months as they're adjusting to life at Darden. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is a, a huge mission of mine. <laughs> I'm extremely driven, uh, to, to change the experience for, for people. And it gets along with this, this theme of exploration. Um, so, you know, one, one of the things that we have to do here is get people up the curve so we can talk to each other before class even starts. Um, and so is I, you know, looked at pre-matriculation, what have we been doing before? There are a bunch of things that I wanted to improve upon. Uh, one is if I'm coming internationally, um, it's hard to come to the States. And I really admire uh, these kids that change their life that way. And I imagine getting off a plane and going, I don't know, let's say to, uh, to, to China and then being expected to compete in the classroom from day one. It'd be extremely difficult. Um, even when I switched from engineering to statistics, I used to go home at night and look up all these terms in a textbook just so I could understand the language. And that's not even factoring in like understanding the culture or getting a bank account or like finding an apartment and all that other crap that you have to do. Um, so we did a bunch of things this year to, to help with that transition process. You know, one of the things is we contracted with a company called Bespeak to provide English as a, as a second language training um, in the year, you know, several months before people got here. This year, we're going to move it even earlier. So shortly after people pay their deposit, they'll have access to some of these courses. That's one thing we've done to help international students. Another thing that we did is that we targeted people for our Darden Before Darden program that we thought would have a harder time like learning the language of business. So if I'm coming from, let's say, a nonprofit or I'm coming from the military and I haven't had much business experience, let's say I wasn't in, you know, if I'm in the military, I'm in, in, in a supply chain. Okay, a lot of that's transferable. But in other places, it's, it's not as much. So we uh, invite a certain set of people to come and uh, participate in Darden before Darden. And we ask them to take an accounting MOOC just to learn the language of business before they get here. And in fact, that accounting MOOC we make available to all of our students as soon as they're admitted. Um, and so we, we planned our Darden Before Darden uh, program to be geared towards people making big transitions in life. Not people that have done business undergrads. They don't, they don't need it. It's for people that are coming from a different place and are coming into business school. It's just to give them a leg up or, or maybe a help level them up so that they can compete from day one. Um, so that's more on the skill building side. And then on the... The team side, like I look at every class and I say, you know, we have 335 people, particularly when you come to business school, you're open to making new connections. 
And uh, one of the big things that every student should get out of business school is meeting people that don't look like them, meeting a broad set of, of, of people that can help me later in life. You know, uh, the weak ties are always the one that help you. People that you don't expect are always the one that help you later in life. So how can I get people to meet and uh, get to know each other socially and be comfortable with one another? Um, early on. So we res- redesigned orientation for, for everyone to help make that transition easier. You know, give you someone to have lunch with. <laughs> your, your concerns in life are so simple when you, when you join a place. Um, give, help you make some friends early on and get to know people so that the place starts to feel like home in week one rather than in week eight. You know, it's, it's, it happens for everyone. My goal is to make it happen faster. And it's a way for us to build, uh, to, to build community. And so I spend a lot of time, particularly early in people's stage uh, career here, not even worried about the academics as much as I'm worried about, um, building a community and, and helping people get to, to know each other. So it's for me, like, um, I've been very, very driven to make that transition for everyone, regardless of your walk of life. When you come to Darden, you can come here and do well um, early on. We have so many prospective students who uh, think they don't have the right background or I haven't done the right <laughs> right work or I haven't taken the right classes. And, and, you know, you still feel this kind of traditional versus non-traditional binary um, out there. I think we all, at least in the admissions uh, business, feel like this is really broken down. There's so many different kinds of people coming to business school these days. Yeah. And uh, general consensus that it can be this training can be helpful to people in a lot of different paths. Um but how would you you answer that question? I mean, obviously, you just talked about Darden before Darden and, and some of the, the things that are in place here. But if a student said to you, hey, um, Tom, I'm worried I didn't take X class or, you know, my, I've, I've worked for a nonprofit. I haven't had a lot of exposure to traditional business. How would you how would you talk to that? Student? Uh, don't limit yourself. It, I really think it doesn't. Um, it makes no difference in terms of your ability to get through the program and thrive and get to a good job afterwards. So what I would say is I just because I I want to be um, practical uh, about it and give practical advice about this is that if you come from a non-traditional background, you know, like you have certain challenges that other people don't have. You haven't seen accounting. You don't know the language. You haven't seen, you know, let's say a market sizing exercise. So you don't know how to do it. Okay. Uh, that's that's fine. Like you need to learn the language, and that's why we put in the programs that we do early on to help people get up to a level so that they're not struggling right out of the gate. But if you do that work and you continue to work hard in class, you're going to be fine academically, and you're going to have a broader perspective, and you'll be able to bring things to the conversations that other people don't see. Um, the other thing that, that non-traditionals don't see is that even in marketing, let's say I have a marketing student, a lot of them are surprised, truly surprised, like how little they knew about what marketing looks like across all the different companies. So at this stage of career, like in the residential program, maybe I have three, four years of experience, six at the most, some sort of thing, seven at the most, let's say. Um, I've only seen a small slice of the world. Maybe I worked in... Uh, consumer packaged goods. I don't know what business to business marketing like. I don't know what running a sales force is like. 
So even in their home discipline, they have a lot to, to learn. And they certainly don't know what finance looks like. They don't know what managing teams looks like. And a lot of these non-traditional backgrounds actually have skills that maybe they don't realize that they've had. You know, so if I come from a nonprofit, a lot of times these are smaller companies. A lot of times you're asked to do very general things like manage people or manage clients. And so you have those skills that you can, you can bring to the table. They just look a little different or they're called a little different. I think many people find when they get here, like, oh, so this is how it, it fits in. Um, and it's a great way to sort of change the trajectory of, of where you want to go. And you might decide at the end that you want to go in the big business. Uh, you might decide at the end it's like you want to go back to a, a nonprofit. In both of those things, you'll be better off for your experience here. So a little bit of a pivot here in our conversation. I want to make sure we have some time to talk about your academic interests. Uh, you've mentioned that you're a marketing professor. Mm-hmm. Um, what was exciting to you or interesting to you about, about marketing? What attracted you to that, that subject matter? I, I like anything that has renewal and growth in it and, and newness. Um, you know, I, I actually, I, I think I backed into, the, the marketing side of things, uh, because I, because of my experience at Xerox and, and my work in incentive strategy, um, it could have been marketing, it could have been leadership, it could have been lots of things. It's sort of, incentives is sort of a, a topic that spans many boundaries. But I like the motivating people aspect of it. And I like the fact that there's growth and, and, you know, you're getting something done in the marketplace, uh, with that as a, as a topic. Um, and when I got to business school, actually, I was told don't work in sales <laughs> because you'll have no career afterwards. A lot of the big business schools don't have an expert in that area. And, uh, like, like I normally do, I ignore things if, uh, if, if I feel like it's right. <laughs> sure if I should share that or not. Is that good advice? I think it is. Um, it's who I am. So I, uh, I wound up studying uh, sales incentives and I've, I've done a lot of work in, in selling um, post then. It was, it was an area where I could actually add something because of my work experience. I could add something to the literature. Um, I like the intellectual rigor of doing research. Uh, I get bored if, if that's not there. Um, but I also want to make a difference in the world. And so it's an area that I think I could make a, a nice contribution. I also like to speak publicly and work with companies. Uh, so my pieces in the HBR, uh, when, when they come out, I get asked to speak in a lot of, uh, a, a lot of places. Um, since last year, I've spent a lot of time talking about, uh, new product, selling new products, um, and I find it really rewarding. And when I go out and talk to businesses, it gives me new ideas for research and I write a new paper <laughs> and continue the, continue the cycle. I think that's, um, you know, you'd asked earlier, like, what do I find, you know, comfortable or interesting about being at, at Darden? I think our faculty in general are interested in problems that are of this world, uh, that, that affect practice. And uh, for me, that's definitely true. Like my best research ideas, I have an academic paper or two, I have a few cases, and then I write an article for HBR, and it all sort of works together. Um, that place is kind of sp- this place is kind of special in that way. 
Yeah, that's been a theme of a few conversations I've had. I talked with Joey Burton recently uh, with Ibis, and he was also saying that that faculty are very interested in sort of uh, what's happening in the world, how does it relate to their class, trying to make this connection very, very practically minded. Um, what does this stuff actually look like? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, when we hire, you know, my faculty development side of the job, I, I, I'm on every search committee at the school. <laughs> and when we hire, we look for people that have those traits. You know, they want to make a difference through their research in the world and contribute to something that um, that can make a positive difference in how companies work. And I think that comes through in our classroom. You know, you, you're exposed to people that uh, that that know something about how business works. So on the research side of things, what are you working on right now? Uh, right now, I am actually just got back from uh, a trip to where I work with a, a good friend of mine um, in, in sales. And we're developing a piece on how uh, the digital transformation is affecting the way uh, salespeople go about their work, redefining the role of a salesperson. And uh, we're, we're hoping to show how companies can cope with some of the changes in the, in the marketplace about this. And if, if you talk to companies, if you, actually, if you talk to salespeople in, in particular, they're always bemoaning about how their job is getting harder uh, because of the digital transformation. And we, and we found some examples of companies that actually have have not only sort of weathered this change, but are finding new ways to compete. And uh, so we're writing an article on how companies and salespeople can better adapt to the world. Well, I always ask really kind of the same last question of, of oh, my guess. I've heard some really interesting things here. So I always ask what people would tell a prospective student. Say if we had a, a caller and said, you know, Tom, uh, what what advice would you have for me? I'm a prospective student thinking about Darden. What would you what would you share with that person? Um, I, I would say a, a lot of the, uh, let's say the search process from a student's perspective about which school to go to is finding the right match between you and you and the institution. I'd say for us, the type of person who thrives here is someone who's open to listening to other people and, um, and, and meeting different types of people engaging in discussion and being active in that. So if you're curious and active, this is a great place to be. If you're someone who uh, wants to give back to the community or participate in a, in a community, this is a great place to be. Um, and I would think about this, you know, come and visit, come and see our classroom. It is an active place. It's not something where you're on autopilot uh, so it's engaging, and if that seems exciting to you, you should you should come to Darden. You should be part of this uh, part of this e- experience. It's um, we have lots of people that come, even if they're let's say an introvert, but want to push themselves in that way to learn to get farther out there um, and express their ideas. And I love watch people grow in in that in that dimension. Um, you know, I, the thing I love about our students is the curiosity and the and the active learning and ability to help each other. Um, we're different than some other places in that respect. So if that seems appealing, you should, you know, by all means, you should you should come.
pretty consistent recommendation from our current students when you hear them talk about their Darden story. For a lot of people, they were saying, oh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, but then I came for a visit and this is when I knew I really wanted to be here. So it went from being a school uh, they were considering to the school they were considering. Um, so that's been pretty consistent. And one of the themes I think that has emerged over the course of the conversations I've had, um, we've got 40 plus episodes at this point, is just uh, the value of the learning experience, the impact that it has, which it brings me to uh, a question that I think is a little bit more of a hot topic conversation now, but uh, we've reached a point where uh, people are questioning sort of uh, why MBA or is it worth it? These kind of big questions and had had some interesting conversations with some of your colleagues, Mike Lennox, Gene Litka, uh, about uh, about this particular question. And I'm interested in your take as someone who thinks deeply about uh, the student experience here, the academic experience here. Um, how would you answer that question? Yeah. Th- so there's lots of ways to get an MBA. And there's lots of stories written that talk about the diminishing value of an MBA. And it's so inconsistent <laughs> with, with my perspective of what's going on. I, I have to, I have to laugh, uh, about it. Um, it, so one of the things I'll just start off with is a lot of people come for an MBA because they want to change the trajectory of their career. And the jobs that are available now, like nothing else that we've seen before. We had 96% placement three months out of of the MBA. And a lot of the people that weren't placed are people that are starting their own business. So they, they weren't looking to be placed. And we track everyone. So it's not like we, we absolutely know what's going on because we keep in touch with people. That's an amazing rate and super high relative to the past. So the market for MBAs from an employer's perspective, is still very hot, maybe at historically high levels. Um, what's also true, though, is that there's a bunch of schools and there's some um, pressures, let's say, uh, for international students uh, that, that again, there's some myth within, within that, that have created some headwinds at the lower level of institution for an MBA. And there's also some types of programs that I think Maybe if you're just interested in developing some technical skills and that's all you want out of it, that you could do it a better way than coming to a place like Darden. Um, and, and that is like if I just want to learn an accounting balance sheet, I could probably do that online if all I'm looking for is the technical skills. But the challenge for the types of students that we have and the types of careers that they go into is that that's really not enough. You can't learn it online or you can't learn it um, without active engagement with with other people. Um, so at the very top end of the market where we sit in a very luxurious position, and I'm very grateful <laughs> for that position, this intensive learning experience is still um, incredibly valuable to people. It can transform your life. And the job opportunities, if you're willing to do the work and and uh, want to be part of that experience are fantastic. Uh, but we're talking about people that go into, you know, really high-end types of careers that want to have a big impact on the world and are, are driven and motivated. Which is not to say that actually those other programs aren't, but usually they have other priorities in their life or they're, they're doing something for a more narrow reason that can be useful. It's just not us. And uh, where, where we are at the top end of the the market, um, you know, I think the degree has as much meaning as it ever has had. And the 
life and career outcomes are as great as they always, always were. And certainly no small ambitions here at, at Darden in terms of the, the academic experience. I mean, uh, pretty, pretty clear that the goal here is a transformational learning experience, right? And you think about sort of what's necessary to create that kind of transformation. You have to really push people in a way. You have to challenge them in a way. You have to, yep. you know, encounter perspectives different than their own. Um, that's a really rich environment. We're, we're demanding in many ways. We have high expectations of our, of our students. Um, and that's to grow not just in the, uh, in the base disciplines like marketing and finance, ops, but in a, in a broad way as, as people. Um, and, and we have high expectations, but that's no different. If you want to be a leader, if you want to transform a company, if you want to run anything, you better have high ambitions. You better have high expectations of yourself. Um, I would be disappointed to be around people that didn't sort of have those expectations of me. Um, and it's a sign of respect to have it of other people, I think. When I first came to Darden, this is a few years back, I was struck by the students who were telling me that being at Darden uh, didn't just make them a better business person, it made them a better person. Um, I don't know if that's what people think they're going to get out of their MBA program. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but I thought, what a tremendous uh, compliment to the education that you've received to say, like, this has forced me to really think hard and deeply about who I am and how I want to be in the world. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's it's a type of place where uh, if you're exposed to other people who care and give back and are curious, it encourages you to be the to be the same. And, you know, I, I always say, you know, you can get half an hour probably with anyone of our alumni, you know, of our other students. They'll give you the they'll give you the time. Um, so if you're the type of person who's engaged and curious and wants to grow in that way, you, this is a great place to great place to be for that. People want to give you their their time. Um, and that's how you develop as a as a person to think about things from different perspectives. Well Tom, thank you so much for your time this morning. I always learn something in these conversations and certainly no exception here. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate your having me. And that was my interview with Tom Steenberg the Richard S. Reynolds Professor of Business Administration, as well as the Senior Associate Dean for Faculty Development and Full-Time MBA Program here at the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, thanks for listening.